0: Hi, I'm Steph and this is the Money Flirt Podcast. The Money Flirt was born from the idea that we all deserve to have a lighthearted, flirty and fun relationship with money. My personal journey with money was anything but flirty up until fairly recently. A few years ago, I started to investigate the ways that I was programmed since childhood to think and behave around money. I've since done a ton of work on this area of my life in the form of coaching, spirituality, embodiment practices, nervous system regulation, and a lot more. Yes, I've done a lot, but in the past year, I've skyrocketed my money healing by doing one very simple yet powerful action on a regular basis. I openly talk about money. Shame cannot exist when light is cast upon it and this has truly been my secret sauce for up-leveling my money habits and feelings around wealth. So I'm here to create a space for people to talk with me about their money story. I'm here to champion the brave souls who acknowledge their shame and to cheer on their success as well. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what you did, you have a money story. Time for the obligatory Let's Get Into the Episode. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Money Flirt Podcast. I am Steph, your host, and I'm so excited to share this really special episode today with my friend and former client, uh, coaching client, Josephine Phoenix. She is just such a delight. She's so fun, talented, funny, just um, and just really open in this interview with her story about money and just the things that go on in her her mind around healing her money. And I'm really appreciative of her openness, her vulnerability and her humor and just good vibes. You're going to love her. She's just, um, she's just a delight. Um, so yeah, I am, you may or may not have noticed who knows, who knows who notices what on the internet these days, but I have been taking a social media break from Instagram. Um, this is not totally like conscious. I just found myself mm, not going on the app as much and actually consuming a lot more TikTok. (laughs) And it's so funny because the community on the communities that I see on my algorithm and in TikTok are so different than what's on Instagram. And, you know, people don't whatever, however they feel about TikTok. I personally love it. To me, it's such a great way to see like you're inundated with information, which is like literally the, the double-edged sword. Like it's, it can be really great and it can be really horrible. But for me, what it's done is shown me just like an influx of people being humans, <laughs> like people being so human, people thinking like sharing their funny moments, sharing their grief, sharing their insights from their therapy sessions. And yeah, it's just been really, for me, a really cool place to visit and consume. Uh, I may not always be enjoying TikTok as much as I am in this current season, but yeah, I've been really having a great time over there. I am starting to post a little bit of TikTok and like, of course, like the first video I have, which is just like me talking about my entrepreneurship journey or whatever, I get this like fucking white guy who has like one post he's like not even a content creator and he's like are you trying to be an entrepreneur because this is not effective I'm like of course (laughs) of course that's like the comment that I get like right out the gate Um, which is why I've like been hesitant about TikTok is just like You know, I've created this money flirt community. And if you're following and you're listening, you're, you know, we have something in common. And you, part of the stories that I share are resonant with you. And, you know, we have an intimate relationship via this podcast with each other. And you know a lot about my money story, you know who I am. And you would never say something like that to me. (laughs) But like TikTok is a whole other beast um yeah and I also wanted to mention too another reason that I've been a little bit radio silent on Instagram and with the podcast really is because I am going through a transition with my money and so it's been really interesting to put to put to test a lot of things that I've been learning about myself and my relationship with money now that i've quit my corporate job which you know all about but you know it's it's really where the rubber meets the road in terms of like my sense of self-love and trust and knowing that i made this decision in integrity and that i am i am on i'm figuring out what's next for me and it can actually be a transition and a season that feels good That is what I'm really calling in at this moment is just some, the sense of like, how can this be fun and light and enjoyable? Because it can be, you know, like I've punished myself in the past so much, or I've gone through other, when I went through my first career change, it was all about punishing myself for my past mistakes. And to be honest, it didn't really get me... Any further than I would have, you know, when I was being kind to myself. It doesn't really work in my experience to just be um, so like harsh with myself. And so I'm moving through this time of my life with money and just being like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And I've read this recently or heard about it where. You know, our brain often wants to do worst case scenarios and it's helpful to do best case scenarios too. But what I was reading was about how you can use a silver lining in worst case scenario to help you create like a sense of, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I run out of all my savings and I go and get a retail job, which is something I said I would not do. go back to. Um, what is the silver lining of that experience and it's like oh i could pick like i could work retail at like a store that i really love and get a discount or just be inspired by the surroundings you know and so when i started thinking about like what's the silver lining of the worst case scenario it's been really helpful to be like okay got it like worst case scenario already like ruminated on that let's move on to just like staying present and i've been doing Lots of um, hot girl walks because of TikTok, which is literally just going on a walk, Um, but calling yourself a hot girl and like embodying that. Who fucking knows? I don't know. I'm very impressionable, y'all. So anyway, those are things that have been on my mind is just having this openness around this season of transition trying something different because I've tried in the past punishing myself now I'm trying something new which is honoring myself and loving myself through this time and yeah just going with my gut around sharing on Instagram I just think I needed a little bit of a um, creator like a creative break and shifting more into like consumption which is great. So Josephine is a singer, songwriter, creative actress, a musician, just so many things. Um, I love her online presence. You can follow her at Josephine Phoenix Official, and I will have her information linked in the show notes. Um, so let's get into the conversation and I will see you at the end. Okay. Hola, Josephine. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Like what a dream because I remember when we first met in our like discovery call, it was just like, you know, I I think you were the first discovery call I ever had with anyone. And... Oh, I've heard that before,
1: Stephanie. <laughs> I'm a discovery call. The first one. You discovered me and now here I am
0: fully discovered. <laughs> but like, yeah. And I just like, I think we even talked about it in that call about like one day you coming on the podcast and then we've just built a relationship over the past few months and I'm so grateful for you. So welcome.
1: Yeah. I feel like I need horns and trumpets and harp music and little birds singing. Yeah, no, it's awesome to be on here. It's like uncanny, almost where I discover your podcast, I discover your Instagram, we have an initial session, I am like enamored by your growth. And then like, what is it like, two months later, three, I don't even know how long it's been i'm now a a guest and i'm like i learned like nine things but they haven't manifested yet you sure i belong but let's (laughs) talk about money ladies and gentlemen (laughs) and the journey of loving it and liking it and that money is on your side and your bff
0: that's right that's right and yeah like i'm so grateful for you to be sharing where you are in your journey because like You know, I hope that I'm pretty open about like, I don't have it all figured out. Like, you know, I definitely am still a work in progress. And while I'm helping people like initiate them onto the journey, it's like, it's important to hear about every step of the journey because it looks different for everyone. And I just like the, the amount of, of information. So let's get started. If you can just tell us a little bit about what you do a little bit about maybe where you live, some context to help us understand
1: you. Hello, how are you? I am Josephine Phoenix and I am a hybrid of New York, Brooklyn and Miami currently in the 305 if you can't tell by my I am a a singer songwriter, creative actress, uh, musician, all these things I say these words with pride and joy. I play guitar and clarinet. And I am a marching band nerd. And Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. And as you know, just like any career in life, honestly, there's always highs and lows. And there is also some infamy with the instability of being an artist and how we handle and where we come from. My parents, I grew up with musicians, only child. And so our whole language and our breakfast lunch and dinner is music and not only music but I think the core of bohemia which is we only live in the moment mm-hmm. and with that comes what are savings <laughs> Mm. (laughs) why should i save money for tomorrow when we only have the moment come and kiss me and have a child because i love you so yeah with that i've grown up with a sense what is money for the future how do you set yourself up when my whole childhood was very much this is what we have today and there's no time to think for tomorrow because there isn't enough and we are just not of those people Mm -hmm. and it's been great you know i I am in my ripe 30s and i am now discovering a new relationship to money because of all the factors that happens when you're 30 right you Mm -hmm. start wanting a more stable relationship you start thinking do i want to have children where do i see my life is it in miami is it in new york how much does that cost and what do i have to do you know so it's great i discovered you uh, a couple of months ago and it has been a conduit to my process. And as always, there's always work to be done. I am. There are no huge malleable uh, shifts. I haven't won the lotto or got a six, seven figure salary in the last six months. But I'm really happy with the way I feel talking about it, looking at it and the excitement for what's to come when things do sort of uh, bl- blossom into a more stable uh, season for me.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, totally. And it's it's like about laying down the roots and the foundation for these things to to have them grow because there's a lot to look at, and you, you alluded to a few, and I'm sure we'll get into more of that. Yeah. And then, as you know, we talked about this before we we're recording, but you know, if you wanted to give us like context around proximities to privilege, if you experience them, or you know, like where you kind of would like to share about your 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 background or your mm-hmm. cultural upbringing.
1: You know, it's really. Interesting to talk about privilege. It's deep, it's textured. It's always like, is it objective? Is it subjective? There's so many questions when it comes to that. As a white passing Latina, I'm also Lebanese, I'm Cuban, and I'm Spaniard. With that, it's black beans, you know, bahia, and hummus. Mm -hmm. Regardless of all that, the humor, I went to five different high schools. And among those five was an absolutely urban hood school in Brooklyn. And my nickname was snowflake, because I was the whitest mm-hmm. thing on that school. Mm-hmm. And then I also went to a highly Caucasian Jewish school in Broward County, Florida. And then I went to a highly queuing only I don't know how to pronounce my school in Miami, right. Mm-hmm. And I found myself so alike in all of them. And I think as a teenager and as a child, you sort of blend in because you know you want to make friends, right? So, in terms of privilege, it's hard to say because I've had so many different lives, you know, and and as I've gotten older in my 20s and I've I've had moments in my career that have been like huge shots to fame. You know, like I was the backup singer for a famous Spanish singer called Ricardo Montaner. You're talking about like 20, 25,000 people sold out stadiums throughout South America. And I'm like at these hotels, you know, making $500 a show, having like cameras on me. I had a solo in the show where I rapped and introduced the band and like, you know, sang the rest of the song while the singer, the star was getting water and changing his outfit. And... I found myself to be like, how do, how did I get here? You know? And, and I was always like, you know, jovial and, and which is like always joking around and happy about it. But there was always an element like, am I supposed to be here? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And do I deserve being here? Cause I also, because of my upbringing, didn't go to college, which is one of like the biggest conversations I have to this day with many people, you know, I had dreams of Ivy league and I had dreams of like Yale and journalism and acting. Mm -hmm. And this is like back in 2002, and because I went to five different high schools, I never had a relationship with a counselor to be able to guide me. Google wasn't what it was, right? Mm-hmm. What it is now? So I didn't know, be like, how to go to college by yourself? What <laughs> is loan? How to take loan when you are 17? Acue me, help! <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have any of that. And I also didn't have someone in the family that has done that, right? You know, no one in our in our super Latino family had gone to college, mm-hmm. and I just found myself a bit lost and quickly surrendered. When I asked a question, I would like to go to college. My parents were like, "We don't have money for college. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. going to college." And I just said, "Ah, oh, okay." And I always think of myself like, and it's so weird, even though I am quote unquote, a white passing Latina. I always used to make this joke about my future Caucasian middle class dream. Hmm. And it was like, because only Caucasians could have that. Because only white people can go to college and have a home with a Pier one import furniture and (laughs) amazing anthropology pillows. Only white people can do that. And it was always like, when I blow dry my hair, I have very big curly shakira out of rehab hair. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd straighten it. And I'd always make this joke. My Caucasian, my Caucasian lifestyle hair. Like mm. my 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 white girl, my white girl dreams. This means I have money. If you see me like this, it's because I paid the salon. I have money. <laughs> but why was it always a white girl dream money? Really? Why? Because I was, you know, my whole childhood with all the ethnicities except for the Jewish school it was all like struggling like what do we have there's maybe a parent missing or you know like i don't have lunch or i'm on the government thing for the cafeteria and so the kids notice that you know and so i don't know if that coincides with the privilege question but i know it has to do where i thought the only way to be comfortable with money was to be white Mm -hmm. and i i just I'm now, as I step into those to that perspective in my thirties, I'm like, wow, no wonder there's all this push for Latinos on television or on Broadway or to be able to see yourself. And what does that mean? And how are we portrayed? It's it's deep, and it's something that we feel we should talk to our youth about, you know, quite oh yes. qu- quite often. Because I did that mean I in my life stopped myself from things because I wasn't white. Oh, I don't belong there. I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't like write an essay to get a scholarship to go to college. We don't do that. Like, I don't know, like who knows what, how that bled into my philosophy and my actions as a teenager subconsciously.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think we, I think we both have friends in like the film industry who are, you know, working really hard on representation for a Latino community, because like, I feel like my, my dad's generation and like what his like brothers and sisters were like focused on, is white passing or like white, like cultural alignment with white people, only friends with white people, only dating white people. And like speaking, you know, for just for that community of my like aunts and uncles, it's, I see it very clearly as like white, like the colonized, the colonizers are the ones we want to align with for, you know, like wealth or like, it's, it's a little bit of like, I mean, I don't want to get too deep with it, but like I experience it as like a bit of like self-loathing, you know, with and like distancing from the cultural heritage. And like I I grew up, you know, differently where I was really curious about that side of my heritage and like learned Spanish the hard way, you know, because like it got lost in that generation. My grandparents spoke it, didn't teach it to the kids because Spanish is not useful. Like distance yourself as much as you can from that, you know, mm. name your kids white names, like you know, I know I've friends. heard and it's just like. It's sad. And I I understand why that happened because they had such a hard life, like my grandparents did, and they didn't want that. And so then it kind of like, anyway, it's just fascinating. And it does tie all into money. And I was reading recently about we talk about like generational like trauma. And it's just like a new term or that's similar to that is like legacy burden too.
1: And I like that
0: because it's like different than like the trauma piece where it's like, yeah, like it's just the, the legacy burden of like being like Latino and like what that carried for, for people for a long time. And now just like, now we have more representation of like, oh yeah, like we can yeah. just see things. Just but it's just-
1: also like a fine line. So first generation is like, you know, you are not Latino, but you are not American or whatever that's supposed to mean for mm-hmm. every individual family. But I know that I'm all about as an artist, like in the Heights, right? Hamilton or all these Mm -hmm. things that are happening with Latinos in the forefront, but I am still very American and I still speak English and I love waffles. And like, I don't only want to be in these shows, you know? And it's like, Now it's like, well, if you're Latina, that's that's what you're doing. And you need to be proud and represent your people. But I can also do a role that you don't know where she's from, and she's not necessarily Latina. And I, because that is also not entirely my only identity. And especially as Americans, you know, we're a culturally melting pot. Like we have this versatility in us. And so we can do Latino shows, but please don't, if you see a name that's ethnic, don't only cast them in those shows, you know?
0: Yeah yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. And I'd love to just like open this too to for you to share any money stories that you were taught growing up, you know, based on your your parents, your individual situation, and what might yeah. be like some some things you'd
1: like to share about. I want, I mean, there's always so many money stories. starting with my very expensive leave-in conditioner, but whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We could start with what I posted on Instagram last week, which is because of my career in the arts, I am in and out of high end places all the time, especially depending on where I am in my career. I was the morning show host on the number one radio program here in Miami at one point. I, as I've mentioned before, was a backup singer to a highly recognized Grammy, Latin Grammy winning artist. And these are like just two or three, I was on a reality show on WE TV in 2016. These are like three moments in my life where all of a sudden the income was just huge and I was super happy and I was in all these places, but these places with other people with me, right? The band, the actors, the, the crew, the team, there's cameras. There's like validity of why you're in this expensive place, restaurant, venue. And recently I am on the civilian job Job hunt which is what we say because there's no such thing as normal civilian job hunt and there's a high-end hotel near my house and I was walking you know there to the interview or whatnot and I'm dressed quite well you know, in like you know your Sunday best and I saw I passed two gentlemen that were older than me I want to say in their 50s maybe in their 60s they were alone and they looked at me and they smiled and said nothing you know it wasn't no cat calling no strange like (laughs) turning the neck and going what is going on back there Mm -hmm. none of this but i inherently felt like oh they must think i'm an escort Mm -hmm. because i'm young looking in comparison to the majority of the people attending that hotel and i am ethnic looking i had like my big uh, curly hair out and i just had like this look about me and then the second gentleman passes me by and i'm like look he probably thinks he could afford me and i started creating this story and then i'm like thinking because sometimes my brain works and i get into my car and i'm like lord of my soul the story that i have just told myself without one person alluding that i didn't belong or asking me because maybe that story makes sense if someone's like ma'am are you staying at the hotel why are you here or why are you alone in the lobby there's none of that happened just smiles and looks like humans. Now, I don't know what the truth is of what their perspective is of me. All I know is what I think of myself. And since I know that I don't have much money, and since I know that right now, especially, I'm in a transition, I see myself in that hotel and I am already vibrating. Oh, I don't belong here. You better walk up straight. You better straighten your posture. You better like, you know, like you better have the best purse with you. You better have that one ring that's really expensive so people won't question you. And it's like, I realize that Because I don't think I belong there. I create stories what people think I'm doing there. Mm. And then it turns into my only value of being in a place that seems high end is because I'm pretty or sexual. And it's like, whoa, dun, 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 credits roll and then like, stay tuned for season two. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, this is all me. This is all me and no wonder that i am not able to even if i wanted to like afford that hotel room or or whatever it is to belong there whatever that means belonging there it's because i keep telling myself i am this broke little girl that went to five high schools from brooklyn from the hood from miami these places that i'm not accustomed to this surroundings much and since I know what's in my bank account, I know that bank account does not match anybody's here. My, my stories, then mm-hmm. I just I just walk without being authentic. I walk with an imposter syndrome, perhaps. And just the insecurity. And it's like, how do you tackle that? What do you do to unpack that? And what is the remedy to feel like no matter where you are, you do belong, whether you have a college degree or not, whether you have, you know, five figures in your bank account or just three, whatever the case is, how do you just walk with your worth? your actual worth, and not your monetary worth. And so many times, depending on what we have in money is how we feel about ourselves and what we can provide to the world. What the heck is that? Before money, it was, you know, indigenous trading. And before all that, you're just like, your worth. Are you kind? Are you, why is that not as valuable? But it must be, you know, all the yearning, all the wanting, all the West world sort of philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's not, okay either to be broke all the time. So it's this delicate dance, you know, not to be like, well, I don't need money. Who cares about money? I'm kind. Yeah. And it's (laughs) cool to be kind, but like you want to buy Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's strange. Yeah. I'd love to know if you care to share
0: like what that, what your thought process, like how you came to that realization of, you know, you're in the moment and you're having that story. Like what was the landscape like of that moment between that moment and the one where you're like, I'm telling myself this story, like, wh- what was, what did that look like for you?
1: I was reminded. So I've recently, the last two months started a, a therapist, a new therapist. I had a therapist a couple of years ago, pandemic it. So I started up again with a new one, a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so part of her therapy with me is she's like you know i hear your story i hear your foundation wasn't very solid i think i'm also going to career coach you and do some therapy but let's career coach you first let's get you a stable income and a stable job so we can then tackle whatever else and then i'm at that hotel because she said high-end places you deserve to be in high-end places Look at your charisma. Look at the way you interact with people. You know, yes, you know, after 9 a.m., I'm quite pretty with the right foundation and the perfect mascara, you know? And it's like, she was like, that's it. We're going to the Ritz. We're going to this hotel. We're going to this hotel. We, as in like, you're going and you're applying because that's where the money has been made and you belong there. And Mm -hmm. so when I was walking back to my car, from this homework that she gave me for the week, I was like, she told me that I belonged here, and she said so. And she's also, you know, driving her Mercedes, uh, like a really popular psychologist. You know, she has her own practice, like talking about her garden, and she used to be neighbors with this famous singer that I worked for. And so I'm like, this other woman, who is where we, I aspire, so many of us aspire to be, has said that I belong there. And she knows exactly what my economic status is and what my career has been. Wow. And it's like, you know how we do that. Sometimes like our family can tell us we belong there all day or our most loved ones. But that one stranger that knows nothing of you, all of a sudden it means something. All, all of a sudden, a stranger that might have all the things you aspire or em- you want to emulate their life, now their words matter. Now it counts. But maybe it just takes that. And that was the process. I was hearing her words, being reminded, listen, you're here to apply for a job because she said you belong. And so that was my like, whoa, such a unearthing of, of all these things, you know, and then you go back to all these other moments, you know?
0: Yeah, it's so that's a really great homework assignment too. to just like even just to be in the space like, yes, I know you're like, you know, applying for a job. But also like, it's almost like exposure therapy where you confront the thing that you either fear or like you avoid because it's helping you to to look at it and look at your your shadows in that yeah. way. So thank you for sharing that story because it's really, you know, it's it's helpful to know that like it doesn't it sound like not crazy, but it's just like these stories that we tell ourselves on loop without questioning, once you say them out loud, they start to loosen their their grip. At least yeah. it's been my experience. Or
1: like or how it sort of feeds this monster that we have that we don't we're not this thing that we wish to be a reminder well you're not there you're not there I work as a brand ambassador sometimes where basically you give samples of a product and you talk about the product and I was sampling at this uber expensive festival in Miami this amazing tequila brand and I basically was like pouring the the free shots and talking about it And I I worked for three days. And these were all people. They all had a Rolex. They all had the greatest Botox doctor. They looked like they went to the same doctor down the street. Like, it was (laughs) insane. I was like, ladies, y'all look like the same doll at the Macy's. But so many times throughout the weekend, they're like, oh, this must be your company. And I was like, oh, no, darling, this woman does not own a company. And I kept... Putting down that joke, and I would make a Brooklyn joke or a Miami joke or a joke that I'm wearing flip flops. Like, well, how could I? And I thought to myself, wow, these other rich people think that I have this demeanor that I can own a company. Like, what does that say? Like, do I carry myself in a certain way? But yet, when you confront me about it. I'm like downplaying myself. Like, no, I could never, I could never, I'm not that. No, that's not me. You don't understand. I'm always broke. I'm whoa. Just take it as like a sign. Like, wow, you carry yourself with confidence. Now, how do you apply that to something so that you can have a stable income? Take that confidence in your arts or in anything else that might bring you joy and think of money as energy and not money as identity. And I think that's a huge thing. Money is energy, not identity.
0: Wow. Yep. That's absolutely, that's it. And then also like just the downplaying is something I think so many like women, I guess like a blanket statement can relate with too, because it's like, we're, we've been taught to downplay so much Mm. that it becomes a habit that if you don't even recognize that you're doing it, like you can find yourself, like it's just, then it becomes like subconscious loop. and that's also an energy around money too is like downplaying
1: yeah listening listening to your podcast there's been like so many women on this that have the most amazing tidbits that just open your brain and your heart and all of a sudden you're like this delicious vegan gravy and you want to put it on your bread and I I think one of the early on in your podcast I remember I'm forgetting her name but there was a comment about like when people are talking to women about making money. They just talk about don't buy the coffee Mm -hmm. and they don't talk about the investing or all the other ways. They just say like, no, you can save so much money once you stop getting the latte. And it's so much more than that. And I remember there, and just like that moment, you've had countless of talented, beautiful women and yourself coming up with, not coming up, but I guess excavating these realizations yourself that are just so beautiful. And the work that you do are helping Anyone that's listening, but especially those of us that are trying to get a handle of what money means and what do we have to do with it to feel better about it and not only complain about money and not only like, oh, did you see how expensive gas is and like, right. oh, my God, you know, or I want to know, I have a question for you, darling. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I want to know what your thoughts are on why when if any of us women compliment another woman about their Shirt, earring, pant, shoes. I don't know whatever. Look at that. Yep. Why is it? What is the difference between the one that says, oh my gosh, thank you. I love it too. And the other one that says, I got it for $6 on sale. It was gorgeous. And I find myself to be the one that's always like letting people know that I got it on sale. Mm, interesting. <laughs> almost, almost always. Why do I have to tell people that this was very cheap and not expensive? Is it so that we can feel like the same person? Because they maybe they don't look as cool and bohemian and artistic as me. And I want to be like, no, 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 I'm not above you. I'm the same as you. I got this off a rack, not at Neiman Marcus. What the heck? I think, you know, I think
0: it's, it's a wound around, and it's like kind of back channel wound, but like around rich people. And like the, I, this is what my experience is, is like, I want to distance myself from people of wealth because i still hold a pretty strong like bias against it cuz it's like i grew up where it's like rich people are a different species of human like not not i wasn't taught like rich people are inherently bad but it was like they're just not like us it was very like tribal almost like we're over here you know we're we're here in this like middle ground or this mm-hmm. like not we're not in poverty but we're we're never going to be like rich people and so i think like and the reality is like I grapple a lot with that currently because my I live in a beautiful home that's a family home. My parents bought it and I pay a reduced rent and I feel like always having to tell people, you know, <laughs> like what that I'm like paying this like reduced rent or that it's a family home and all this stuff and it's like rather than just like taking a compliment around like yes, it is a beautiful home and just sort of like sitting with that because it's really nobody's business like what the rent is no one asked. Right. But here I am offering it. And I find that too, with clients, it's like they, we have, and I I think of it as like this ambiguous, people will think this. And anytime you start thinking like people will Uh think there's like something there because like, who? Like my friend, Sylvia? No. Like
1: like, literally no one. (laughs) Sylvia's busy getting a pedicure. Like, what I (laughs) can (laughs) care?
0: Yeah, and so like yeah, and oh, yeah. I I struggle with that one too. I was even thinking like I bought these new glasses. My mom asked. She, we picked them up today, and she asked me like how much they were, and I was immediately like gulp. Like, do I lie? Do I tell her? Like, because they were like five hundred and fifty dollars at the end of the day. And then I was like, even now, I'm feeling like the urge to tell you like, but I use my HSA on it I used I used this other account like I'm finding myself wanting to explain that and the fact that I just did I couldn't just like say that that's how much they were I
1: feel like that's just that collective wound absolutely and how funny why is it when we compliment something I don't know who your mother is but it's like why should we ask how much they are why can't we just say that's so those are gorgeous Why be like, how much did you get it for? Does that make it less gorgeous? Does that make it more gorgeous? It's the same frame. Why do we ask? What's your new relationship with my frame now that I've, now
0: that you know how much they are. Yeah. And here's a, a, an activity that people can do and it may bum you out, but just to like, like love hearing the things that pump me out. Come so nice. on. <laughs> that's what I'm here to do is just bum everyone out. But like, if imagine like, just take stock of like, when you're around people in one day, how much the conversation is about money and then like, just assign it. Is it negative, neutral, or positive talk about money? Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. with my family, it's like the talk of money is like 75%. It comes in. Cause it's like, we'll be talking about a vacation, but it's like the price or we're talking about like home improvement, but it's about the price and like, or about the deal or like whatever it is. And like, just like, even I had a conversation like, you know, with my family around this topic of money and like how I feel about it now. And I remember just hearing like, we don't talk about money. And I was like, dang.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's Um, everything. It's it's, it's everywhere all the time. You don't want to look like you feel like you're better than anyone. So you kind of like help that conversation go through or- it's, it's so such an amazing thing that this money work that you're doing and, and, and all these guests that you have, that they have a money story as well. It's not only about money and wanting a nice car. It's like, what does that mean about me? What am I trying to do with life? Why is my life revolving around this conversation? It's ex- it really is excavating so much more of our persona beyond our opinion of what money is or how much we make a year. You know, it's the- incredible how to budget, how to manage it. It's like, it, Especially the basis, as women.
0: yeah, the basis of it is self-compassion and self-love. And that's something that I'm like a season that I'm really like, oh, let's talk more about self-love. And I'd, I'd love for you to talk about how, cause I know you are a very spiritual person. You have different practices that you like lean on and you talk about, you know, like openly on your Instagram and just, I'd love to know like how, your relationship with money and your relationship with spirituality like how are they kind of mingling right now
1: oh how are they mingling right now with their neighbors they keep (laughs) googling at each other through the window one girl is eating the apple pie and kind of winking at her neighbor like come over i got apple pie see apple pie i didn't say rice or beans so back to the question my spirituality and my money i think you know, some people, and I and I read psychology today, I love it, mm-hmm. and I read that there literally is when people are born and how they are raised and what their environment is, you know, during the toddler stages, that there is, there are people that just navigate or their brain navigates more on one side than the other. Some people are literally born more for negativity than others, and it takes more work to rewire and go back to the positive than others. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that or I bring that up? Because I was born with the positive. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how or what or who killed the chicken on the railroad here in Miami and put like, you know, pieces of mango to make me sweet and luscious. But I have this relentless hope all Mm -hmm. the time. And if I'm having a bad moment or day, I surrender. I'm like, today is a bad one and tomorrow won't be but i'm going to sit here and cry about all the things that hurt and i'm just going to mope and if you don't like my they say cara de caballo my long horse face then you that you don't have to look at me i'm going to be sad today goodbye but there's the spirituality is because i know that this is not the rest of my life mm-hmm. and that also comes when it's on the highs when you're at the highest this is not the rest of your life either that great contract or that great check or that great show or whatever it is it's like so you are much more present and like breathing slower and and sipping your your coffee slower because that day is just so magnificent and you just take it in and you're more grateful for it and you're more there but the spirituality part of where my income is currently right now in 2022 it's just like i can work this I can work this i can do this i'm capable and the universe and god and the goddesses and all those people that you believe in even the fairies in ireland they're all conspiring with me you read the right books you listen to the right podcasts, like the money flirt by stephanie through <laughs> you know you, you you know you pick up the books right gabby bernstein or abraham hicks or you're a badass and all these books that i've gone new york bestsellers but not for no reason there, there, there are some great things in there. And spiritually speaking, it's just about grounding and meditating and knowing that whatever the difficulty is, it's a resistance and you can find your way out. Ask for help. You know, something that I've learned as being someone who hasn't been stable with money, it's like, I have been granted the most amazing friends that, and new friends and old friends where it's okay to ask for help. If you need to borrow some money, pay it back, find a way that you're not going to have to borrow money again, but be a woman of your word, you know, and I've, and for some reason, I'm like proud of that where I have had to ask for money from a particular group of friends numerously, like three or four times now. And I tell them, I'm waiting for a check. It's in the mail. I don't know when it's coming. I can pay you back in about three or four months, you know, and they're my best friends. They're okay with it. You know, and there are some new people that just show up in your life where I'm again in one of these situations because this is why I'm trying to get a civilian job at a high end place. I am waiting for a check. I'm waiting for a big check. It's not here yet. And my friends were asking like, oh, what are you doing? Or I tried to call you and your phone was disconnected. I'm like, yep, my phone is disconnected, but I have Wi-Fi. And they were talking about groceries or whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm waiting for my check. You know, I want to go to Whole Foods. And they showed up at my door with a bunch of groceries. Oh my God. And this is a couple that's like in their fifties and like little angels. Like the universe is always trying to help you. But we also have to be cognizant of our ego and our pride or how does that look if I ask for money and how old am I to be like borrowing? It's like, if you need the help, surrender. And like the universe is always bringing you people that wanna help you. And those that say no, that's also okay. They have their own money issues that they might not, they might have it and not feel comfortable or not trust you, that has nothing to do with you. That has everything to do with them and their money issues. You know, do I want to be in this place borrowing money all the time? Of course not. This is why I'm doing the work with you. This is why I'm trying to dive in and all these other aspects of myself with therapy and the money flirt because it's like there has there's something there that I'm not understanding so I can live a more peaceful life in terms of my attitude and my relationship with money. But spiritually speaking, it's just one word. It's hope. Mm-hmm. It's just hope. That's it. I mean, it sounds so simple, right? But it's like you know, walking barefoot on the ground and letting the ions cleanse you with the antioxidants. With a matcha in my hand and squaling on my eyes, you know, <laughs> trying to get it all together now, all my antioxidants. <laughs> she said, "Squaling on." Oh, dead. Oh my god. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. That. I put a bunch of squalor on the edge of my eyes and I drink my matcha and I walk outside my backyard and people think I'm like doing love potions. And I'm like, I am in my antioxidant moment. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, thanks for for sharing all. And I love how I mean, you're a great storyteller because you always like bring it back you know, cause that's your your The way that you connect, I can see is just very like driven through story. And, and I think that's really great too. It's like our hero's journey. Like we're here having this experience and like, like a visual that came to mind because I, I had been putting like manifestation on the back burner for a while. Cause I was like, I don't know how I feel about manifestation. Like, is it, is the language around it like ethical? Is it like ignoring, you know, like systems of oppression mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and also what's my relationship with it now. And like, I've come around a little bit more to it just by being a little more conscious of like, you know, empowerment versus like victim stuff. And just like all of these things that are kind of like not talked about with manifestation, but something that came to mind as you were talking was like, it's this image of the thing that you want exists. It's out there. It's part of your vision. It's part of like what your soul came here to do. And I had this image of like a boat, like out to shore and you're, you're holding the rope. And so you have the power to bring it closer to you. It's inevitable if you keep making steps toward it and it's there for you. And like the, the speed at which you pull it toward you will depend on a few factors. Like what's the wind like, or like what, how big's the boat? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, is it even like calm or the water's calm or something? So I was like thinking about you and it's like, your success is so inevitable. Like you have such a beautiful presence and like, you're so talented and like, you're just such a great like performer, artist, storyteller, like your boat is there and it's Mm -hmm. just you're pulling it, you know, like, and you're at the stage where you're at, you can't be at the end yet because you're in the middle or you're wherever you are that's another thing too we can't know how long the rope is (laughs) you know what i'm saying
1: (laughs) actually i have to i have to thank you for those words they they mean a lot you know especially in transitional periods thank you for seeing me and taking the time to express the things you see my dearest kansas sister we are here to be of service that's right Um, but literally i i've i had I, I went on four dates with this gentleman, and I was very excited about it. I'm not going to get into the date, but it didn't work out after the four dates. And I was telling my mother about it. And she says, that's because you cost too much money. And men get scared. I go, what are you talking about, lady? We went to happy hour. <laughs> like <laughs> You know, and it's like, no, that you look like you cost so much money, and men are afraid they're never going to be able to give you what you want. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, mom, the, the, you cannot talk about money and dating. Like, first of all, on the second date, I paid for the drinks for him and his friend, you know, and he bought two beers when I said I got the next round. He bought two beers for himself and the friend bought two beers for himself. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to really uh, soak this in. Okay, two beers, the like four beers and a cocktail. Okay, it was, it was very funny. But right away, the older generation goes into money money. I'm saying that this didn't work out with this guy. And she said, you cost too much money. Whoa. How is,
0: whoa. (laughs) And, and, and inadvertently it's like, turn down your flame. And it's like, that is a generational thing too, where it was like, be smaller, be quieter, be less you, be less pretty, be less like anything and like, just be less. And like, so, so toxic, understandable, you know, for the generation and like
1: the cultural piece of it too. But Yeah. yeah, never 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 (laughs) we're here to learn right there there could be i mean i am guilty of running away with my words and believing that when someone starts laughing it gives me a get out of jail free card Mm -hmm. and i cross lines and it might be insensitive and i have to pull it back because just because people are laughing does not mean that they like me right away Mm -hmm. and i'm allowed to say all the things that come to my mind i have to be very careful at that so it's like don't turn down our flame but encompass the space but always be aware that we are learning environments true. and people and triggers and always be aware because there's this like you know positive vibes only or be you queen and who doesn't have patience for you or doesn't want to give you the money or whatever it's like yes true be me queen aha uh-huh. like <laughs> it takes two to tango what is my hand in this mm-hmm. you know Like, Oh, nobody hires me. And I'm always broke. And like, I can't go to this vacation that my friends are going or I can't go to the wedding because I'm always broke. Uh huh. What's your relationship with that being broke? Why? How do we fix that? Tell us about your rich
0: life? What does that look like for you? And then tell us Hmm. where we can find you
1: my rich life. You know, these are questions you have asked in our sessions and in your do you call those modules in your in your Mm -hmm. classes? And I've written about that a few times now in the last couple of months, and it just goes back to obviously the word freedom and Mm -hmm. giving. Mm -hmm. And my rich life is just like having the freedom to not hear no as much as I did as a child growing up in basically poverty and food stamps and in the hood and having so much that I can give anyone around me that I care about and even strangers, things that will make a difference, whether it's a car or a vacation or a beautiful piece or a night in a couple of hotels or whatever, like the birthday and the Christmas big gifts. I love giving it. And like, I can be giving to people and we might not be friends anymore and it doesn't bother me. Oh, they weren't grateful. I just wanna be able to give to others because I have been the recipient of so much giving in so many other ways. But a rich life is like buying my parents a home, having enough for my New York City Bohemian apartment, and being able to just live my life creatively, whether it's on stage or writing a book or directing, you know, creating music around creatives and good hearted people and free, just free to wear flowy anthropology dresses and, and be able to just like make a difference in people's lives, whether it's with time and listening and compliments. And also I got the, the highly expensive eggplant at this vegan restaurant. I got you boo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, freedom, art, And giving and the normal stuff, you know, a home and being able to pay back your parents for all the little things they were able to do for you. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much.
0: I want you to create like a a Pinterest board because I remember you posted that either you sent it to me or you posted that picture of the apartment. That was like your dream. I think you posted in your stories. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to see more, like, imagery around, like, your yeah. life. So I cur- encourage you to create. Yeah, at, like, yeah. And I'd like, love
1: to work. talk in the future, if possible, about manifestation because I have had a real amazing run, definitive, beautiful journey with manifestation. So oh. if you need any yes. any yes. tips or talking about it or creating a podcast around it, I don't know. But, girl, it works. It does work. You know, like, you know and you're right. And
0: I, I feel like I'm in a new, like – I'm having new, like, like vigor around the topic because I've done some like thought work around it and I'm ready to yeah. like, yeah, let's do yeah.
1: it. I'm so excited to see more of your work, Stephanie. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to hear your own growth. And I am so happy for the work that you're doing for, for yourself. And uh, inadvertently for others that are witnessing this you know like i'm so curious to know more about like the hypnotism behind money and our relationships and as a woman and as a latina and as a white girl and all these things that as a west coaster even though i'm a new yorker i'm still gonna <laughs> like you bravo to you bravo you. to you cheers for my fake i don't have my water bottle toma, toma. toma. Oi, mija. cheers mija. <laughs> thank you
0: so much okay last but not least like where can people find you online where can they look at your work
1: well usually you can find me at the corner smiling at strangers mm-hmm. josephinephoenix.com and i am Josephine Phoenix official on instagram these are the the places that i live on in the internet, and yeah you'll see all my hosting stuff my acting stuff my singer songwriter stuff and my uh vulgar large fruit comedy hour that i was having during the pandemic <laughs> Love so it. yeah, josephinephoenix.com. Thank you. Thank Gracias. You. Gracias. Merci. Me. Merci. <laughs>
0: Gracias. <laughs> Can we get Bonjour. Going? No, that's hello. Merci. Au
1: revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Ciao
0: yay so that is the episode i hope you enjoyed hearing josephine's story i know i appreciated so many things that she shared and i thank you so much for being here for listening for coming back even when i'm a bit inconsistent these days And it has been, it's just been such a fun, wild ride to create this podcast. And I plan to continue bringing you more conversations, people being open and vulnerable about their money stories so that you feel less alone as you navigate your own. So I will see you in the next episode. Bye.